The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individuals participating in the show. All persons described or mentioned in the podcast should be considered innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. This podcast contains subject matters such as violence and graphic descriptions along with adult language, which may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. On June 21st, 2020, cameras capture a bizarre series of events in Belfast, Ireland. On 22 separate occasions, a 14-year-old boy is recorded. But the last time he is recorded, he is nude. And then he disappears off the face of the earth. You're listening to the Mysterious Brews podcast, and tonight we bring the case of Noah Donahoe. Unfortunately, I have some very sad news. I can confirm that our specialist police search and rescue team, who were continuing to search the storm drain complex, recovered the body of a young male in the North Belfast area just before 9.45 a.m. today. While we have no official identification, we do believe it is the missing teenager, Noah Donahoe. Our thoughts and sympathies are with Noah's family and we're continuing to provide support to them at this very difficult and heartbreaking time. It is disappointing that I again need to comment about people circulating a number of rumours about Noah's disappearance, which are completely without foundation. Welcome to a deep, dark, dank, moist basement somewhere in the bowels of georgia well fresh off the covid train uh got my voice back and we are i guess not we i made the executive decision after i put the uh, poll out there on the old socials that uh we're gonna start 2024 off correctly and uh yeah bringing it back bringing it back awesome yeah what you this, drinking on? I got five wits brewing up there in Chattanooga, Tennessee, called Sunblaze. It's an IPA. Oh, well, I am drinking a very exotic Coke Zero. I knew it would be exotic if you were drinking <laughs> it. I might have caught the COVID after you, man. I'm My freaking lungs are... I'm coughing and hacking and all kinds of stuff. What's crazy is my wife got it within about four hours of me getting it. And hers was like a bad sinus infection. It damn near killed me. Yeah. And then my voice still is in and out sometimes, but I still have that nasty cough. Now, I will say this. Of course, you know, you'll try anything if you feel like shit. I found a recipe for a flu bomb is what they call it. And you can drink this thing three times a day. It's got as much cayenne as you can stomach. I started off with an eighth, and I've worked my way up to a quarter of a teaspoon. Oh, wow. You take a half a cup of warm water, a whole clove of garlic, crushed, diced, smashed, whatever, a quarter teaspoon of shredded ginger, grated ginger. I'm up to a quarter teaspoon of cayenne. You can go as high as a teaspoon. A whole juice of a lemon, 
a missing needle. Oh, and a tablespoon of honey. And you drink that, and I'm going to tell you something. Jesus, I could feel my heart beating my ears. But it cut right through all that crap in my chest. And so I am I was leery because I have acid reflux. And I was like, man, that much cayenne is going to just destroy me. But so far, knock on wood, it hasn't. And and here's how jacked up the Paxlovid is that they give you to fight COVID. You can't take shit with it. It interacts with everything. So I had to come off my anxiety medicine and my stomach medicine while I was taking it. But COVID might have cured my anxiety and my stomach. Oh, really? I've not oh, had to really? take it in two weeks, man. I don't know. I don't know if it's just one of them things where you're so sick, you're just like, fuck it. I don't give a shit past today. But so far, knock on wood, man, I have not had to take my stomach medicine or my anxiety medicine in two weeks. Well, dude, I know that when I had COVID in 2019, like, there was two days there in the middle of it where I was like, yeah, I can see this being the end. Yeah, and that's like, one. Now, I had it back in 2020 around Christmas time, and it just felt like I had a real bad cold and I didn't have any energy. And then we got the next variant and it just was like a bad sinus infection this one i can see where people are so miserable and they're so delusional tired that they're like fuck it i'm just gonna lay flat on my back and get some rest and all that shit piles up in their lungs and they wind up getting pneumonia yeah so i will say uh, i do not wish it on anyone even my worstest of enemas all right, in our uh, absence, or my absence, yeah, I've had some bad ones before. <laughs> <laughs> um, we got a plethora of patrons. We have Mr. James Bowley from really? Leicester, United Kingdom. And Mr. Bowley, I am trying to get you your um, tier, your stickers and your keychain. Um, but our local post office, our local post office is a bunch of dumbasses, and so I'm still in arguments with them. You tell that man if he's willing to buy the plane tickets, we'll come hand deliver them. You damn right, and we'll drink pint after pint after pint. Oh, hell yeah. And we've got an Irish guy. I'm not an Irish guy. We have an Irish patron, and I always screw it up. It's Aisling, I think, and um, big contributor to the chat our uh group chat if you're not a member of that like we've got people that have been patrons at the ten dollar tier and they're just like i'm just been so scared to get on this chat well it's not like we're showing nudes we just show some inappropriate memes (laughs) well i mean you know there was that one time (laughs) yeah but that was back in college (laughs) there was that one time i got a little tipsy and started sending nudes (laughs) all right the other patron is Catherine arvanitis we're just going to go with Catherine A. from the great state of Massachusetts. Um, My aunt lives up there. i got to go visit her. Brit- she lives in Cape Cod, for God's sakes. And we're not going up there eating lobster? What's wrong with you? I mean, we got to at some point. I know. Uh, Brittany Mungo, Fernandina Beach, Florida. Love some Fernandina Beach. Never uh, heard of it. Oh, it's pretty good. Uh, Jennifer Evans from Bardstown, Kentucky. She is, uh, related to the heater. I know she probably doesn't want that out, but she is. I would I personally wouldn't want anybody to know that. 
Uh, Andrea Rivers from Milton, Florida. Florida getting represented. And that's all I got for right now. I've not checked it today, but we are appreciative of your glit, glit money. All right, so. Well, that I've still never seen. It's keeping you afloat, Coach. It's keeping you afloat. I think that's all of the bills, Nils. Um, this case is a doozy, man. It's weird. It is super weird. It's uh, 411-esque a little bit. I know it's a lot of people have tried to tie it in there. I don't think Pilatus has tied it in there, but it's definitely different. Um, well, it's in a city, though. I mean, I know he's done some where there are 411s in cities, but it's not typical. True, true. All right, so we're talking about the case of Noah Donahoe or Donahue. On Sunday, June 21st of 2020, Noah, age 14, went out on a bike ride around 5.30 p.m. to meet some friends at Cave Hill Country Park in Belfast, Northern Ireland. Noah was a student at St. Malachi's College, which is a private Catholic school for boys that was founded in 1833. Now, according to the Irish News, Noah was meeting a group of friends from school to work on his Duke of Edinburgh Award. Now, the Duke of Edinburgh Award is a civic self-improvement award given to young people who complete the requirements of each level. At Noah's age, the four requirements were community service, mental skill building, physical recreation, and adventurous journey. The adventurous journey requires that an adventure be completed with a group of students working together, which is a which is pre-approved by an award leader. Now, when Noah left the house, he had a large backpack containing his laptop and some books, and he expected he would need that the books were expected to be needed for this adventurous journey. Now, Noah has been described in the Irish media as a talented cellist. At school, he played rugby and basketball and sang in the choir. He was an exceptional student and received multiple awards in three years he had attended the school, including the Spirit of the College Award, the Perfect Attendance Award, and various class prizes. So he was all in all, he's a good kid. Yeah, he's a great kid. It's what it sounds like. Very well-rounded. Um, there's a heartbreaking interview with his mother. Um, if you type in his name, she's interviewed by someone over in Ireland, and it's just oh, it's hard to watch, man. Whew. Now, that Sunday afternoon, Noah never showed up at Cave Hill Park. Now, Noah's mother pleaded with the public for any information about her son. His disappearance was totally out of character for him, and it seems that the police recognized right away that something was wrong once they received the report that he was missing. It was stated that Noah was last seen wearing a black skateboarding helmet, and they make a big deal out of him wearing a black skateboarding helmet and not a biking helmet. Over What's here, that's my thing. What's... Over here, it's got to be an impact resistance is the only thing I can think of. Hell, over here, we're just glad you put one on. Yeah, that don't happen often. No. And it sure shit didn't happen when we were kids. Helmet? Shit. <laughs> we're about to make a ramp out of cardboard logs and an old culvert. <laughs> Now, 
I will say the Irish, well, they call it the Police Service of Northern Ireland or the PSNI. That I feel like at the very beginning they did a great job. I know they've gotten some shade in this case, but we'll get into that. Um, it was stated that Noah was last seen wearing, well, like I said, the, this huge big deal about a black skateboarding helmet. I'm just going to go with black helmet. A khaki green North Face jacket, gray sweat shorts with an emblem on one leg, a tie-dyed blue hoodie, Nike tennis shoes with a bright yellow swoosh on them, and a cocky backpack. Now, Noah's missing persons case became a big news in Belfast with people holding vigils and participating in the searches. According to the Belfast Telegram, Noah's case became one of the biggest missing person cases in the history of Northern Ireland. And I will say, from what I have seen online, this boy struck a chord with most of Northern Ireland. They came out in droves. Now, searches were conducted on the day that he disappeared, which was Sunday, along with searches that evening and into Monday, focusing on the area he was believed to have been heading to. A search of Cave Hill Park came up empty, but on Monday night, police received news that a woman named Karen Crooks had called in. She had heard about Noah's disappearance, and she told police that on Sunday night, she found a black Apollo mountain bike lying in the road at her Northwood Road home. Now, this is a residential area, so she assumed some neighborhood kid left his bike and would come back and get it later. So she just leaves it in front of her house and so she, and goes to work Monday morning. When she returns, or I'm sorry, when she hears about Noah's case, she in turn calls the authorities and heads home. And the box still there in her yard. No one had come to retrieve it. Now she had called police at 7 p.m. on Tuesday and... The same, I'm sorry, she had called police at 7 on Monday, and Tuesday police confirmed that it was, in fact, Noah's bike. So police now have an idea where Noah had gone. Now keep in mind, this Northwood Road neighborhood is residential and is nowhere near the park where Noah was supposed to be going. Hmm. It's actually two and a half miles away from Cave Hill Park, and no one had any idea why Noah would be in that area now authorities have a ton of cctv cameras that cover noah's assumed route the police service of northern ireland or the psni was able to put together a timeline of where noah went and when by compiling cctv footage from businesses and homes it has been stated that they had over 22 different videos of noah Altogether, it is totaled over nine minutes of footage of Noah's journey. The videos show Noah as he went past specific cameras, and by using the timestamps on the footage, they were able to track his movements that Sunday evening. Now, out of respect for Noah and his mother, media outlets have not released Noah's home address, which is a first because they would have dropped that dime over here in a heartbeat. They'd have had satellite trucks in the front yard. Yeah, oh, Absolutely. So 22 separate videos. I mean, that's a lot. Yeah, totaling nine minutes of footage. I mean, that's, damn. It's just, it's mind-boggling. But anyway. Yes, it is. 
Belfast Live has published maps showing the different points where Noah was seen on CCTV that afternoon, and they placed the starting point at the intersection of Apsley Street and Ormo Avenue. I'm pretty sure I butchered the shit out of that last one, but oh well. Hey, it happens, man. Yeah. I'm you're just not known for your, you're not known as a cunning linguist. You're right, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> now, his bike ride from this intersection to Cave Hill Park was supposed to be 6.7 miles, and it should have taken him just over an hour to complete. Keep in mind, Noah's bike is not found in the area that is along this route to the park. This is one of the biggest mysteries in the case as to why he was so off track. It has also not been released in the media whether Noah had biked to the park before or if seven-mile bike rides were something he was used to. I'm thinking... They don't, really do, that. They don't do that around here in the Peach State, I'll tell you that much. No. Seven-mile bike rides? No. Hell, I... You're lucky to get these kids off the Fortnite. That's right. <laughs> or the PUBG. <laughs> what? The PUBG. What is that? Uh, some game my kid plays. PUBG? Yeah. Man, I'm getting old. It's short for something else, and I don't know what it is. In July, I think it's Player Underground. There you go. Look at you being all savvy. I know, right? Hey, in June or July, NCAA college football comes back out, baby. How in the hell are they going to do that? We're about to hijack the shit out of this because of all the NILs, and they don't have a player – they don't have a players association like they do with the NFL, so they could just dump money into it. That's been a big thing. Is how are you going to pay these kids? I don't know, but they're going to. We going to see it. We going to see gonna it. Find out. I can't wait. Tennessee going to win about the next thirteen national titles. I know. I love that shit. And then I'm going to take it. Take my services to Vanderbilt. Win them the title. <laughs> oh, you're killing me. All right, so the Irish News reported that it was thought that Noah may have taken a wrong turn and simply got lost on his ride from his home in South Belfast to Cave Hill Park and ended up in the Shore Road Northwood subdivision area where his bike was found. Now, keep in mind, Noah had a phone with him, and he's a pretty smart and savvy 14-year-old kid. You would think if he had made a wrong turn and realized that he was lost, he would just pull over, whip out the old phone, and get on the old map app. And get his ass back on track. But that didn't happen. No, no, it didn't. There were two preliminary hearings on Noah's case, one in August and another in November. At these hearings, they established the following timeline. Now, for those of you on this side of the pond, these preliminary hearings are basically open forums where they just present evidence. And then I think, and y'all can correct me if we have listeners from the other side of the pond. I think once the evidence. patron from England. Oh, I know that, but I'm not so sure they're going to be like, hey, man, y'all fucked it up. But anyway. Um, but I think from what I can gather, they just present the evidence and then at these hearings, then they make a decision to either open up a criminal investigation or to, it's almost like a grand jury here, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. Anyway, so Noah left his home in South Belfast on Sunday, June, June 21st at 5:41 PM on his bike. He had on his jacket and his backpack. 
He then traveled along Ormo Avenue at 5.42 p.m. towards the city center. He is spotted at 5.49 p.m. traveling through Victoria Square, and then one minute later, he is seen at the intersection of Corn Market, High Street, and Royal Avenue. Noah was then seen traveling alongside the Art College near the corner of York Street and Frederick Street at 5.53 p.m. CCTV footage shows Noah traveling toward the York Gate. Now, this footage is telling because this is the first time we see Noah without his backpack. It is very odd because we have a pretty tight timeline of him with his backpack, and then all of a sudden, he's not got it on him. Noah then traveled it's along. It's very strange. Why, I mean, why, why, why is he getting rid of stuff? It just doesn't make any sense to me. It's almost like the paradoxical undressing if he was in a cold climate because he just starts shedding items. Yeah. But yes, it is very odd. So then he travels along York Street, crossing Great Patrick Street and the motorway. This is basically a highway here in the States. But tomato, tomato. It's in Ireland, bro. I know. But a motorway, dumbass. (laughs) (laughs) He is then seen turning left on Brougham Street and then right along North Queen Street at 5.57 p.m., moving toward the north of the city. Now, his next location is not captured on CCTV, but it comes to authorities from a witness statement saying that at 6 p.m., as Noah biked toward the Grove Wellbeing Center on North Queen Street and York Road, he fell off his bike just before the junction with Shore Road. A driver stopped at the intersection, witnessed him falling, but did not actually talk to Noah. This is because Noah got back on his bicycle very quickly before the motorist could get out and check on him, and he continued along Shore Road. Now, another telling tidbit of information is that at the time he falls off his bike, he was no longer wearing his green overcoat. He continued along York Road cycling casually, and around 6.02 p.m., Noah is seen entering the Northwood Crescent from Scagonal yeah, I'm pretty screw that one up. Avenue. Until you, that, yeah, that is correct. Skagonal. <laughs> Skagonal. 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 That's probably oh, it right please, there. Please stop. He was wearing a, his black helmet, blue hoodie, gray shorts, and black Nikes. You may be thinking to yourself, self, man, those Irish have some top-notch CCTVs because we have not even had the proverbial glitch that we have in the States. Well, not so fast, Raggy. We find out that there was an initial gap in the timeline. It was reported to the public that the next sighting of Noah on CCTV was at 6.11 p.m. That is a full nine minutes where Noah is not on CCTV and nobody knows his whereabouts. He is not visible and we do not know what he's doing, who he's with, if anyone. And this gap in the timeline was enough to trigger all sorts of conspiracy theories and rumors. One one included Noah being abducted slash fallen victim to a child molester. Another stated that he may have been kidnapped in some politically motivated plot against the British loyalists, but this was all eventually addressed by the authorities. Quote, Police have since confirmed that the 1811 timing is wrong. The timestamp on the actual footage is 1808. Police misunderstood at the time of its retrieval that the clock on the CCTV was three minutes slow and hence the reported actual timing of 1811. 
Police now understand the clock on the CCTV to have been five minutes fast, hence the new last sighting timing of 1803, end quote. Hmm. Now, these timestamps and official times will be evidentially verified at the full inquest, but it does make you go, hmm, because... No one can say that Noah did not have some sort of interaction with someone between having his backpack, not having his backpack, having his overcoat, not having his overcoat, falling off his bike and heading on. Now, according to authorities, there is not enough time between sightings on the CCTV footage they have of him to have had a significant interaction with someone that could have caused his disappearance. And I call horseshit on that because if you're missing nine minutes which they go ahead and they back it up and say that that's not true, that it was actually eight minutes. Eight minutes is a long fucking time. And if, yes, you, it is. if you don't believe me, sit your ass down for two minutes and watch the seconds tick by, and you'll know, Jesus, that's a long time. Now, these timestamps and official times, again, have been called into question. And the 6.03 p.m. is what they're saying is the last siding, which that is a short distance away from 85 Northwood Road without. Now, and here's the key. This last siding that he's on CCTV, and this is a personal CCTV security camera, Noah is seen naked, nude as the day he was born. That is ins- that's insanely strange. Yes. Now he is seen. Something's going like like I, I was broke. Like he had a mental break. I had to. It's just I don't know. I hate to use the word crazy, but it's just crazy. It is crazy, and that's um, and that's the theory. The underlying theory is something happened. Like he had some kind of, like you said, mental break or something was. I don't know if something was sprayed on him. He had an allergic reaction. He's just out of his mind is what it seems like. Now, he's seen on the CCTV, and he's going between 89 and 91 Northwood Road. Actually, it's like a cul-de-sac, if I remember correctly. I've got a picture of it I'll post on social media. Um, but between 89 and 91, it is what they call an area of waste ground, which basically is a vacant lot here. Um, yeah. and it's just a wooded area behind this neighborhood. He's then seen walking in the residential neighborhood again, naked. Now the CCTV footage came from a camera on Northwood road from the home of Linda Patterson. Just to make sure you are following along. Noah at this point has none of his belongings, none of his clothes on and his bike has disappeared. Now, Linda Patterson said that she was sitting in her living room watching television when she saw Noah ride by on his bike. He was not wearing any clothes at this point. She says that she called to her husband, but by the time he got into the room and they looked out the window, Noah was gone. They did see his bike just lying on the street. She would state to the press, quote, quite a few people saw him, but they just saw him from the waist up and didn't think anything of it, end quote. She would go on to say that he did not seem to be in distress in any way at all. But again, this is a very quick sighting out of a window. This is the last footage showing Noah before he vanishes. 
Now, people, I mean, for a fourteen-year-old to have a mental break, I mean, it's, it's just think he could have been drugged. That's see, that's what I keep going back to. Like, I'm wondering if he somebody sprayed him with something. Like, but I don't know. I mean, it's so random. I don't. It's almost like he got sprayed with LSD, to be honest with you, and he's freaking the fuck out. I mean, maybe if he was a little bit older, I would say it would it would be like his first episode of schizophrenia. But he's too young to have schizo. Well, not too yeah. young. I mean, he's he's on the young side of having a flare up because most yeah, of the time, like, normal kid though, you think there'd be some other. Oh yeah, there would have been something, some other sign of something. Yes, I agree. But according to the mom and all the press that I could get my hands on, and the Irish Times can pound one because they want they're behind a paywall. Even their fucking pictures are. But anyway, that's enough of that. (laughs) (laughs) Now people, people have theorized that since we know of a mistake between law enforcement and the information on the CCTV, there is a possibility that there are more mistakes that law enforcement didn't catch. The eyewitnesses home that Miss Linda appears from Google maps to be a condo with multiple units in a larger building. It is also located in a cul-de-sac. Noah had last been seen between the numbers of 89 and 91 Northwood road. Like I stated. And then there's that vacant lot slash wooded area, waste area. Now, right in that area is also where Karen Crooks found Noah's bike and reported it to authorities. So we know that he was there. He was there biking around naked in that cul-de-sac. This is not a situation where a child was abducted at some point and somebody dumped the bike off in this neighborhood. We know for a fact that he was just there biking around. We have eyewitnesses and CCTV footage putting him there before he disappears. What we don't have is any footage that actually shows him removing his clothing. Which is strange, too. Like, where did he go to do that? And I think that's during that six to eight minutes that they don't have any side of it. And that's another thing. They're trying to say, well, that's not long enough for him to have had an interaction with somebody and it caused him harm. Well, obviously, it was long enough for him to get naked. But anyway. Now, what we don't have is footage that shows him removing his clothing. It is reported that police believe Noah left the area of the cul-de-sac on foot. They do not suspect foul play because in all of the footage they reviewed, which seemed to account for Noah's entire journey from his home to where his bike is found, he was not seen interacting with another person. But we have this huge time gap. Hell, let's just go conservatively and say there's five minutes missing. That's still a shit ton of time for him to have been doused with something, come in contact with somebody, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, that's plenty of time. Plenty. Now, despite all of this footage and eyewitness reports, no one knows where he went after that last sighting on Northwood Road. At the hearing, it was reported to the court that on Wednesday, Noah's helmet was found by a member of the public on Northwood Road. On the same day, his hoodie and shoes were discovered by a separate member of the public lying on the wall at 63 Northwood Road, which is further back down the cul-de-sac. Now, this begs the question as to why had Noah discarded his clothing 
and then gotten back on his bike. Where's the rest of his clothes? Where's his jacket? Where's his shorts? Where's his backpack? Police know from multiple accounts that Noah was biking along naked, and they also have witness testimony of seeing Noah fall off his bike before he got naked. The authorities and the public began to contemplate that perhaps Noah suffered some kind of head injury when he fell. But that's very possible. It's reported when he falls, he's got his helmet on. So that kind of shoots that one down. Yeah, but I mean, he could have whacked his head hard enough to get a concussion. Even man, that was a skating helmet, helmet son. I, I think I'll take a licking and keep on ticking. But you're right; he could have not. But that's another thing, though. The lady that sees, or I think it was a lady that sees him fall off his bike, does not tell authorities that he took a horrible tumble. It's just like he fell off of it, got up, dusted himself off, got back on. So who knows? He could have had a concussion, but. I don't know. The PSNI superintendent Clark said, quote, the one thing we are majoring on is that he has in some way suffered a head injury, which led him to be disoriented End quote. An appeal was made to the public to police search their homes, gardens, garages, outbuildings, and surrounding areas for Noah. Police stated, quote, we still believe he may have gone into an empty building or shed End quote. Foot searches, along with aerial searches, canine units, and even a tactical team covered the area thoroughly as well as local volunteers, but they still could not find Noah. Now, the fall off the bike could not explain him shedding his backpack and his coat because these items are not seen in the CCTV footage prior to him falling. Another oddity is that the fall does not explain why he was traveling in the direction he was traveling. He was in a location he had no business being in, as far as anyone knows, and it's in the it's in the opposite direction of the park. So on Friday, June 26th, it was announced that police had recovered his backpack. A known drug addict named Daryl Paul, age 33, found the backpack. He says he found it leaning up against a wall. Now, we don't know exactly where he found it, but he did go through it. And he tried to sell some of the stuff inside of the backpack off. He was trying to sell it at a cash converter shop, which over here basically be a pawn shop. The laptop was inside his backpack. And for reasons unknown, this cash converter shop refused to buy it. Paul was arrested that week on an unrelated charge and was sitting in jail. And so you may be saying to yourself... Well, how did they get a hold of Mr. Paul and this backpack? Well, another fuckery item is the police received an anonymous call informing them that one Daryl Paul was in possession of the computer and the backpack and Noah's school books, and he just happened to be sitting in their holding cell. The books that he was in possession of had Noah's name on them. Now, he does not have them on him when they arrest him for this unrelated charge. But magically, this phone call alerts police and says, hey, you need to question the guy in holding, and you need to ask him about this missing child. Do they have any idea who the phone call was made? No, I have not found wow. Yeah, I have not found anything. So police search Daryl's home to try and locate Noah's belongings and possibly even find Noah. 
They do not find Noah, but they did recover the backpack and the books. They then recovered the laptop from a friend of Paul's. See, what had happened was he had, like, give me this laptop, and he told me to look after it, and I was just holding it for him. I mean, these are not even my pants. (laughs) 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 So the million-dollar question is, who the fuck called the cops and dropped the dime on Daryl? I don't know. You tell me. The odd thing is, it turns out there was no possibility that Daryl had anything to do with what had happened to Noah. Police release that. Well, he supposedly he just found it leaning up against the wall and police release. Let's try that again. Police release a statement, quote, CCTV footage confirmed that the individual who took the bag was a number of miles away when Noah was last seen with the bag at or about the art college. So per CCTV footage, they can put Daryl at a completely different location miles away from where they can put Noah wearing the backpack. Now, according to statements made at the preliminary hearing, Noah's phone was discovered within a few days of his disappearance. This was near a playground on on North Queen Street where a citizen found the phone and turned it in. It was reported that both the phone and the laptop were undergoing forensic examination. Police will eventually release that they did not discover anything useful or any useful information on either the laptop or the phone. So basically, this squashes him making contact with someone through the laptop or the phone being like cyber stalked or any of that stuff. So there's no communication as to why Noah would be in the area that he is seen on CCTV and not headed towards the park. Now, remember, the last footage we have of him is that lady's security footage and he is walking naked near her house on Northwood road. His bike is down the street. And so searches of the area at the time turn up nothing by Thursday. Police seem to have had a lead because they come out and ask the public to stand down on the searches. Just 25, 25 Jesus. <laughs> God, mighty. I'm adding hours to the day. Just 24 hours earlier, they were asking the public for help, for information, and for them to search every nook and cranny of their own property. Now they're telling them, y'all stop. All cease and desist. So on Saturday, June 27th, six days after Noah was last seen, there was news police found Noah's body at 9.45 a.m. in a storm drain complex underneath the Shore Road area. Search and rescue teams had been searching the complex for several days. And from what I read just before we went on the air, they had actually searched it so well, they thought that there was no possible way he could be in there. Now, the captain of the police services of Northern Ireland, Superintendent Clark, made a public statement saying, quote, while we have no official identification, we believe it is the missing teenager Noah Donahoe. Clark asked the public to stop spreading baseless rumors about Noah being murdered, stating, quote, he did not believe foul play to have been a factor, end quote. It has been leaked that upon discovery of the body, authorities did not find any puncture wounds, which would lead you or lead one to believe he was stabbed or shot. We do have some information from the autopsy, but very little. 
because they, as far as I know, they did not release the entire autopsy. So now the rumors start flying that he was suffocated, his neck was broke, he was stuffed in the storm drain to hide his body. Now, police suspected that Noah may have suffered a head injury resulting in this unusual behavior. The coroner was also looking for any signs of head trauma or head injury. The results of the autopsy startled a lot of people because the official cause of death was ruled as drowning. Noah had drowned in the storm drain system, or it appears to be that way. To make things even more baffling, it was also revealed that he did not sustain any head injury. There was no contusions or anything, no swelling, none of that. In fact, there was no detectable head injury at all, according to the BBC coroner, Joe McCriskin. He said there is no evidence that Noah was attacked or that any other person was involved in his death. Noah did not have any known or released mental health problems. He didn't have ADD or ADHD. He didn't have the old ODD. So we can rule out an adverse reaction to medication. The storm drain system has been a real sticking point in this case. The police theorized that Noah entered the storm drain on his own accord. Now, this is something he would have to physically get into. He would have to make a conscious effort to get into this storm drain system. Now, the police say they know exactly where he went in, which is some great detective work on the surface. Now, if you follow that he entered the system from the closest point where he was last seen and his bike is at, then it narrows down considerably to, I think it's only one entrance point within that area. Now, all of these storm drain systems, they're huge metal grates, and I've got a couple of pictures of them that I'll put on social media, but they're all locked, except for the one near where he went missing. And it was such a grievous act, egregious, egregious, not grievous, egregious act, (laughs) that there was an inquiry as to whether or not to hold the public works people responsible for his death. Uh, The inquiry said, no, they wasn't going to do that. But from what I can remember reading and listening to news articles, they had done an inspection of that area, I I think a couple of days before he disappeared, and supposedly had locked it all down except for that one drain, and no one knows why that one drain did not have a lock on it. So if you'll remember, Karen Crooks is the lady who found Noah's bike and reported it to authorities. The entrance to the storm drain where it is believed that Noah went in is at the bottom of her yard, kind of behind her home. Now, this is not a manhole or one of those small under-the-curb openings like we see here in the U.S. This drainage system is massive. It's a maze of underground tunnels spanning one kilometer, and drains themselves are huge. I mean, you can stand up and walk through them. We're not talking like Pennywise hiding under the culvert asking you to come down there and play with his balloon. These (laughs) things are huge. And uh, photos of the access point to the storm drain system are available. Like I said, I'll try to put those on our socials. But it is thought that Noah entered 
what has been described as a very large concrete opening that descends into the ground, almost resembling the entrance to an underground tomb or maybe a crypt. And the opening is topped by a very grand iron barred grate. It is quite hefty. It is clearly intended to keep people out. So at first, there was some question as to whether Noah could fit through the bars. Karen Crooks said that her small boys, ages five and seven, are able to squeeze through and had done so several times. Sounds like she had to whoop that ass to keep them from doing it. It sounds like it. Now, the bars were seven and a half inches apart, and but the, and now that's according to the Irish news media. It could be eight, could be nine. Now, keep in mind, Noah's 14. He's not five or seven. He is skinny, so it may have been difficult for him to squeeze through the bars but he wouldn't have to because we find out the grate is unlocked so he could just open the damn thing now the complex had been inspected on june 18th yeah this is what i was talking about just three days before noah had um passed away the inspection failed to note that the access hatch was not locked so on june 21st when noah had for unknown reasons decided to enter it he found it unlocked the infrastructure officials placed a padlock on it on June 24th. This is after they discovered that the police were considering whether Noah could have gone into it. So this is a little CYA on their part. Oh, yeah. They locked it three days too late. Now, again, from the public's perception, you had this boy who went into what should have been a locked grate and is going to be reported just like that. In the U.S., we would have ambulance chasing lawyers foaming at the mouth trying to sue the local government for failing to lock the gate. Once authorities find the unlocked grate, they focus their attention on the sewer drainage system, and it takes several days to find Noah's body. The waterway tunnels are pitch black inside, and they twist and turn a lot. And like I said earlier, they had searched what they thought was a very well and did not find him at first. So the PSNI Superintendent Clark told the press that the storm drain system searches were, quote, extremely challenging. What's going to be very challenging here is even if they say he died from drowning, water has destroyed all of the evidence that may have been on his body. If he had been in the water for a couple of days, all of the evidence of whether or not he was sprayed with something, if he had been, uh, you know, had a, I guess, grabbed in some way, all of that's going to be gone. Superintendent Clark does come out and state, quote, in my 30 years in the police, this is one of the most unusual missing person inquiries that I have ever dealt with, end quote. Now, at the second preliminary hearing on August the 28th, the coroner addressed the court with his findings about the storm drain system and Noah's passing. Now, this is quoted from the Belfast Live news website, quote, today in conjunction with the police and my counsel, I am providing some details which will dispel the many baseless and inaccurate rumors which continue to circulate today. I will set fact against fiction. To me, it seems likely that Noah entered the storm drain to the rear of 85 Northwood Road by lifting a metal drain cover, which at the time was not secured. I have examined the drain cover, as have police officers, and it seems entirely possible for Noah to have been able to lift the cover and enter the drain system at that location, end quote. The coroner described the drain as running underground from Northwood Road to Shore Road, and again with him being found over a kilometer away from the entrance, 
This is a huge ass underground system. Now there's maps online. Uh, allegedly, I could not find them that show his journey that he took on his bicycle to right before he enters the drain system. Now it has been described again as a challenging maze of tunnels, but here's the problem. What they forgot to tell everybody was this drainage system backfills with water during low and high tides. So Noah could have entered the tunnels at low tide and not realize that it would soon begin to flood as the tide turned. So on July the 6th, Fiona, Noah's mother, issued a statement that read, quote, at this time we are warping, warping, fuck. (laughs) We are working with police services of Northern Ireland on matters which are outstanding to the investigation. We are seeking answers to questions which arise from Noah's disappearance and death undoubtedly raise questions. However, public speculation in theory is unhelpful, end quote. So the glaring questions that remain are why was he going in the direction he was going in and not towards the park? We have some time gaps, but we don't think that he was communicating with anybody before he took off on his bike or while he's on his bike. But again, conservatively, we've got a five minute gap and he could have talked to damn near anybody. We still have him losing his backpack. We don't know how he lost it. His jacket. We don't have footage of him discarding these items. Or if he got off his bike to get rid of them. The big, huge, glaring question is why in the hell was he naked? And then why naked? Does he go into the drainage system? I'm telling you, man, I'm thinking he had a head injury. That's the only thing that's making sense to me. Now, people have theorized that he may have, like, knocked himself, like, saw stars, but it wasn't enough to leave medical evidence in the autopsy. And he could have been, like, out of his mind for a little bit, and then he realizes that his ass is naked in this cul-de-sac and he goes into that storm drain system kind of like, Oh shit. I don't know why I took my clothes off, but now I'm hiding. But again, man, I go back to, is he, does he have some kind of medical issue or did he have some kind of mental break that maybe his parents didn't know about, or maybe his school friends did know about? Now, that's one thing that you have to understand. He could have hid some of these. Like, if he was having problems, he could have hid it from his parents. But you would think if it was a medical issue, that would have come out in the autopsy. But maybe not. So none of his friends reported that he was acting abnormal? Not that I could find. And there was no evidence of a misdiagnosis of some kind of disease or disorder, and it manifested itself on the ride to the park. So I don't know. People in Ireland, along with Noah's mother, Fiona, still question what the hell happened to Noah. On August the 9th, his mother put a post on Noah's Facebook page that said, quote, why do we not all wake up? My son died. We have no answers. We have nothing. 
Please start questioning why I have no answers, end quote. Now, a petition was publicized the same day on change.org requesting that the PSNI reopen the investigation. The petition got 22,500 signatures in just two days. And a lot of people are not satisfied with the official narrative. People are questioning if the CCTV footage is accurate and is the information that law enforcement put out to the public accurate. If it is accurate, then there was no communication between Noah and another individual, so no one else was involved. It is a leap of faith the public and Noah's mom are not willing to make because of the five. I can't. I keep going back to those five minutes. That's an eternity for a kid not to, for you not to know where the hell he's at. Well, I mean, yeah, it is kind of a long ass time. Now, many people have stated that the autopsy did not yield results that anybody felt good about. And many people believe that they should release the entire autopsy and why they've not, no one knows. Now that's one of the first things you find when you Google his name is like the change petition to try to get the records released. Yeah. I don't know. I don't understand why they wouldn't. Yeah. There's a, there's only that small portion that I could find. And suspicious death cases or possible murders have a history of not having the best forensic pathology work done on them. Pick any of the great Fami Malik's cases and you can see what we're talking about. So what they're trying to say is, even over there, that this guy rushed the autopsy and overlooked things. And they want another person to come in and look over it. But they've not released it, so they can't get an independent person without going through the authorities. So that's kind of a sticking point for the public as well. There was to be an inquest in Noah's case for Monday, January 18th, 2021. That inquest was postponed because of the COVID situation. It was rescheduled for April 12th of 2021. But then that gets bumped to a formal final inquest to be held on January 10th of 2022. All of that gets kicked down the road. And on Thursday, September the 8th, 2022, an article on theguardian.com states that the coroner has upheld a police application to withhold sensitive material from an inquest into the death of Noah Donahue. Disclosing the information would create a real risk to the public interest, the coroner ruled. The PSNI has ruled out foul play in the death of Noah Donahue, who disappeared while cycling from his home in South Belfast to meet friends across the city. The article goes on to state that the PSNI has made a public interest immunity or a PII application related to material in three police folders that will be used during the inquest. The requested redactions relate to reference numbers, grading of intelligence, information relating to police sources, and details of investigative methodologies used by the PSNI, which argued that disclosing this information would damage national security interests. So you're telling me that you're blacking shit out and you're not releasing it because you're afraid it's going to undermine your future investigations. The then well, Northern- I mean, that does make a little sense, but you don't want everything calling into question. <laughs> you'd think at some point you'd want to know the truth more so than just protect yourself. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's where the public has turned on the PSNI. They had an opportunity to say, look, here's all of our cards on the table. Here's the whole autopsy report. This is all we know. But they've not done that, and they started this 
cloak and dagger bullshit, and it's pissed a lot of people off. The then Northern Ireland Secretary, Shalish Avara, gave the required sign-off to the PSNI in July in a move that drew criticism from those opposing the interest immunity application. And they state that it was central relevance to the questions that November's scheduled inquest would explore. Quote, the redactions only relate to the ways in which the police handle and process intelligence information and the identity of sources. The actual content of the intelligence information is not redacted at all. So the next of kin and the coroner will have a full picture of the information which was supplied to the police. The lack of probative value of the material has to be considered against the potential harm posed if information on police methodologies gets into the hands of criminals or terrorists. So again, I don't know. I understand the argument from their side, but this is a 14 year old kid whose mother has no answers. Stop the red tape bullshit and release what you're supposed to release. TheIrishTimes.com reports on August, oh God, 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 October 6th of 2022 that prosecutors are to review a decision not to prosecute a storm department in relation to the death of the schoolboy found dead in one of its drains. Now, Stormont is the, I think it's the company that installed all of those dra- the drain system. Now, police launched the year before in 2021 an investigation into suspected corporate manslaughter charges on how the Department of Infrastructure managed access to the drain network. You know, putting a fucking lock on it three days after he's found. Police have ruled out foul play in the death, but did pass a file to Northern Ireland's Public Ireland's Public Prosecution Service to assess whether there was sufficient evidence to pursue a corporate manslaughter charge against the department. A preliminary inquest hearing in Belfast on Thursday was told that the PPS, Public Prosecution Service, has decided not to pursue charges against the department. Well, imagine that. One department found the other department not guilty. Holy hell. (laughs) However. It's crazy how that works. I know. Coroner Joe McCriskin was also informed the PPS has now agreed to review that decision. Brenda Campbell, KC, representing the Donahue family, told the coroner, quote, We understand from information from the PPS today that senior counsel has been instructed to undertake a further review that a site inspection has very recently taken place and that it is anticipated that advice will be received within four to six week time frame, end quote. After the hearing, the PPS confirmed the development. PPS Assistant Director Roger Davidson said, quote, The PPS received an investigation file from police in February of 2022 reporting the department for infrastructure in relation to the accessibility of the storm drain in which the body of Noah Donahue was found in June 2020. Quote, the file reported the department for a decision to prosecution in relation to a potential offense of corporate manslaughter. All the evidence and information in the file was carefully considered by a senior public prosecutor. As part of our considerations, we engaged closely with police and with the health and safety executive. It was determined that the evidence was insufficient to provide a reasonable process and prospect of conviction in court for any offense, and therefore the test of prosecution was not met. We wrote to Noah's mother, Fiona Donahue, in June of 2022 to explain the detailed reasons for the decision and assured her that it was taken only after the most careful consideration of all evidence and circumstances of the case. Basically, 
if you read between the lines, they couldn't find the dumbass that didn't lock it, and they didn't want to hold the whole department. Because I can guarantee you she would have cleaned house financially yep. and figuratively. Well, unfortunately, there's probably somebody in Belfast right now that knows it was him. Yeah, and he's probably dr- tried to drink himself to death. Probably. Now, it is understood the request to review the decision was made by Mrs. Donahue's legal team. The inquest is due to commence at the end of November and sit for three weeks. At Thursday's preliminary hearing, Ms. Campbell formally asked for the inquest start date to be pushed back. As she expressed concern, there was insufficient time to prepare for the hearing. She claimed not enough progress had been made disclosing police files to the next of kin in recent months. Now, the barrister also contended that a three-week hearing was not enough time to properly explore all the issues involved in the case. She said the family did want the inquest to be, did not want the inquest, inquest to be rushed. It's an application that made, that's made reluctantly, but far better from Noah's mother's perspective to have a properly prepared inquest with sufficient time than to rush towards one that's not prepared and that does not have the sufficient time in the court day or court week to hear all of the evidence that needs to be heard. On Thursday, Ms. Campbell also made a formal application for the case to be heard by a jury. Mr. McCriskin said he would make rulings on how the case will proceed in 14 days, and that was all that I could find about the inquest. It's like they stopped. I couldn't find any more publicity about the inquest, and that Mr. McCriskin is the coroner. Now, there are a ton of questions still, and I keep going back to this, but why was he headed in that direction away from the park? Why is he taking all his damn clothes off? Why is he taking his belongings and tossing them aside? Then he's not even on his bike. He's on foot and goes into a drainage system. And then again, why was there only one gate that was unlocked? Then you have the chief inspector who says that it's the most bizarre missing persons case he's ever seen, and he's been on the force 30 years. Now, like coaches said, he there could have been a mental break, but there's no history, there's no evidence leading up to that. And as far as we know, he was not on any prescription drugs that he could have had a weird reaction to. But here's another fuckery afoot. There was no toxicology report, no mention of a toxicology report that I could find. Hmm. You would think that they would do one. You would think, but. A 14-year-old's dead. You don't know why. I mean, come on. Why would you not do a toxicology report? I couldn't find if there's anything in his system at all. We have 22 cameras piecing together nine minutes of his route. We go from seeing him fully clothed with his backpack and his helmet and everything. Then there's a small five to seven minute, eight minute, depending on what you read, gap. Then there's no backpack. There's no overcoat. All of a sudden, now he's naked. He drops his bike and disappears like a fart in a dust storm. None of this shit makes any sense. None of it. No, it doesn't. Like, why? I don't know. 
And like I said, as far as we know, there's no background issues that would indicate that Noah was anything but a normal teenager being raised in a loving household, attending a religious school that was very rigorous, and he was working on being the best that he could be. So what the fuck happened to him? I don't know. Well, you're supposed to answer these things, man. So it's a mystery, bro. Now, this may be related, may not be related, but I did find, as I was finishing my notes, in an eerily similar situation, there was an attack on a young 15-year-old boy who was just out riding his bike, and he was assaulted by a group of men. This happened on May 10th of 2020. That's right. That's five and a half weeks before Noah disappears. The young boy who was attacked was savagely beaten in what was described as a hate crime on Limestone Road. This road is only a five-minute drive from where Noah's body was found and only a ten-minute walk from where he allegedly fell off his bike. Hmm. But that's all that you can find is that there was that one attack on a person previously. There's no follow-up. There's no nothing. 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 As for me and mine, don't ask us for nothing. (laughs) (laughs) So are we wearing them or not? (laughs) It ain't whether you can see. It's whether the fucking horse can see. What's that from? Django, baby. You ain't seen that's the best part of the whole fucking movie. I've only seen that movie once, but now I remember. Yeah, the clan. Yeah. Oh, shit. I done ripped my eye hole. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, I have no damn idea. I have no... Every time I try to come up with a theory, I shoot it down myself. There's no medical evidence that he bumped his head enough to cause a concussion because there would be swelling of the brain. You could also see fluid around some of the tissue where he fell. But he could have, like, just knocked himself stupid and kind of been dazed a little bit. But then he's got that helmet on. And so my thing is no one knows whether or not that was like an – I could see him having a helmet on, falling off, bumping his head if the helmet didn't fit correctly. But – over there, I'm pretty sure they're more strenuous about their safety equipment. Also, another question is, like you said, is this seven-mile bike ride something that he was accustomed to? Was he, you know, we're lazy Americans. We're not going to ride a bike seven miles. No. Not at all. I don't know, man. That At first, the, the police service did a great job. They were turning over every rock. They were looking under every tree stump, whatever. They were employing the the public to help. And then all of a sudden, they find that storm drain. They're like, oh, shit, cover-up mode. And it's just been hush-hush ever since. And unfortunately, I can't get or I can't find. I don't know what the correct query in the old search engine is. But maybe Aisling and our new Mr. Bowley maybe use... And anyone else across the pond can help us out on this and find out some information for us, and we might do a follow-up. 
So I just don't have a theory, to be honest with you. I don't know what the fuck happened. I mean, it's either a mental break or a concussion, but there's no reason for what happened. It's just, I don't know, man. I don't either. I just don't know, bro. So, recommendations, since we've had two weeks to think about it? I'm going to recommend a podcast. I'm a Facebook member of some weird um, Facebook groups, and one of which is a Ernest P. Worrell appreciation group, because I love that guy. I love those movies. Uh, so I started, they recommended Ernest Goes to Podcast. It's just a podcast about his movies and various things he appeared in. So Ernest Goes to Podcast. If you're an Ernest P. Worrell fan like I am, Jim Varney, check it out. Highly recommend. Didn't you make a post about it? Probably. All right. So my recommendation is this. (laughs) If you get the COVID, it might cure you of your anxiety and your stomach problems. (laughs) But I will say this. So your recommendation is for people to get COVID? No, because I, my wife, it boggled my wife's mind that this, I'm almost 50 years old and I've never hurt like this before. I had such body aches that I thought somebody was torquing my hips till they were going to break. She says she gets that shit all the time when she gets the flu. And I'm like, if that's what happened when I got the flu, I'd kill myself. Yeah. But I will say this. If you know anyone that's got the COVID or if you have not had the COVID. Get it. No, don't get it. But have a little bit of sympathy. Because I, myself, was like, well, it's just COVID. I mean, hell, I've had it twice before. Just get over it. No. This one knocked me in the dirt, boys. I was out of work for five straight days, and we had a long weekend, and I barely felt like going back to work seven days later. I also recommend that you never take up the sport of duck hunting because this year has been the shittiest year. I have fired my gun three times. Three times. It's awful. It's awful. I know. I want you to kill some ducks. I like eating ducks. I would love to kill you some and bring you a whole shit pile of duck breasts with the fat on them, but... Mm. (laughs) You gotta have the fat. The beginning of the season, we had no water. Now that we have water, it's been 12 degrees outside and all that shit's froze up. And then I had the COVID and I'm not getting out in that. And for those of you that are making fun of the way I say it, you have to understand that that I didn't used to call it the COVID until last year when we were duck hunting with Richard Hartline and a guy that is out there where he had a lease called it the COVID and that's the way he called it, and I cannot stop calling it that. So <laughs> that, boys and girls, is Arkansas Delta for the COVID. Um, unspoken prayer request, Mr. Hartline, Lucretia, the, his wife, they have a little boy who I think he's Hayes is 10. Um, prayer warriors, if that's something that you do, Hayes has a – Surgery coming up to try to help him not have so many sore throats and congestions. And so pray for Hayes that he gets to his um, surgery and he comes through with flying colors. So, yeah, buddy. 
anything we can do, we shall. Y'all just ask. Um, the heart lines are in our thoughts. Uh, Coach, you got anything else for the lovely, lovely people out there? You know I don't. <laughs> uh, deuces. <laughs> <laughs>